Hello, everybody, and welcome to the debut edition of Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalkInc.com. I am your host and founder, David Gonzalez, and I'm joined with today. It's Louis Hernandez. It's the first episode. How you doing, Dave? Good, good. How you doing, Lou? Doing good. Enjoying this fine, cold Sunday afternoon. Staying warm, I hope, Lou? Trying to. Awesome, awesome. So before we get started, I want to take a second to give a special shout out to the woman behind realtalking.com, yes, the one yes. that makes us look good for all of our readers, Miss Jenny Ross. How you doing? Hey, guys. Jenny Ross, producer extraordinaire for the podcast also. The DJ premiere of realtalking.com. So being the first podcast, I want to let everyone know what we do here at realtalking.com. We're covering news, reviews, top tens, trailers, sneak peeks, special real features covered by our very own Gaius. And the latest feature on Real Talk is an ode to bad reels where we cover some of the worst films ever made. Some I've never heard of, some I never want to hear about again, some I never want to see. But that feature is covered by our very own Luis Hernandez. So I got I have a question, Lou. Go ahead. What made you decide to do a feature on some of these terrible movies? Hey, they're not all bad. There's some that, once you watch them, they're amazing. They're so bad that they're amazing. No, that's Batman and Robin. These are an atrocity. Batman and Robin might make my list. It's good. It is good. It's it's. I hear all the time how terrible that movie is. So is The Room. And so don't, get me, don't get me wrong. Batman and Robin is as piss poor made of a film as there is, but... As a diehard Batman fan, if you're a fan of Batman 66 and don't like Batman and Robin, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because Batman and Robin is pretty much a campy, no sense made film that equals the campiness of Batman 66. There will never be another Batman film made with bat nipples and portable bat skates. I love the back seats. The back seats were good. They're pretty dope. That was amazing. When I need boots like that. I almost spit my popcorn out when I saw that. Popcorn? It was in theaters. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were watching the theaters? That was 20-something years ago. Wow. Oh, actually, no. Looking back at it, it's 20 years ago. Batman and Robin is 20 years ago. Yeah. We're old. We are old. But let me ask you something. Why do you love bad movies? It's something about them, man. Like, you watch it, it's like, who? they really made this. Because I get I get criticized all the time for being the so-called movie snob because I can't stand bad movies. Oh, well, for those who don't know out there, David is the movie buff. I'm the everyday moviegoer. So that's kind of the format we're going to give you guys. I love bad movies. I could watch a bad movie all day, and I have no problem with it. And I have to watch bad movies because I need to get reviews out for you guys. Well, that's why we created this forum. I'm going to give you guys a list of the movies that are so bad. That they are worth watching. So check that every week. We're going to put that out on Thursday. Uh, then one coming up this Thursday, I'm going to do the Fantastic Four, the last one. Let me tell you something. I, I, have a dis- I had a discussion about really bad comic book films. Okay. And I don't feel that, you know, Fantastic Four is a good movie. It was not. It was terrible. It was horrendous. But I get into this debate with this one person. I don't recall from where. But he tells me that Fantastic Four is a good movie. And on top of that, he goes off to another degree Mm -hmm. and says that Heath Ledger. Oh, here we go. Did not deserve that Oscar. Wow. And that his performance was overrated. So, So the Fantastic Four is a good movie. But Heath Ledger... 
did not deserve a Academy Award for it, it's it's unbelievable. Did I you, mean I can't I can't sit here and tell you I thought one moment of that film was good. The Fantastic Four look like they filmed the whole movie in the back of a tractor trailer. I believe that. It was amazing how little scenery we got in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely not to, not to mention the story. And the what story? unbelievable ability. What story? Exactly. <laughs> the unbelievable ability of the villain. So I'm de- I mean by now if you don't know the villain was Doctor Doom. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't remember seeing him. I mean it was a version of Doctor Doom. Oh, okay. So definitely looking forward to reading that this week. But for today's first podcast, we're definitely going to cover the Oscars. Oh, here we go. I am an unapologetic lover of La La Land. I think it's one of the best movies of the decade. I think it's one of the best musicals ever made. I have not loved a film the way I love La La Land since probably The Dark Knight, and that's been almost 10 years ago. Now, when a film like that gets nominated for 14 Academy Awards, you'd think, okay, we're on track to make some history. And then Sunday happens. And Sunday did happen. And I have no complaints about the film that won. I love Moonlight. I think Moonlight is a fantastic film. However, do you think personally that it should have been La La Land? Well, after watching Moonlight, I saw La La Land first. That was the first one of the group that I saw. And I said, it's going to be pretty hard to beat this movie. I love La La Land. When I saw Moonlight, I thought it was a good movie. But it wasn't as complete of a story as La La Land. There were some elements in Moonlight where I was like, well, what's, what happened to this person? What happened to that? But the overall performance of the characters were good. But La La Land was more of a complete story and that ending, though. It's it's funny to me that when La La Land first started getting all this hype about the Oscars back in, I think it was Telluride, I said to myself, oh, this movie might run the gauntlet and take everything. But... When it swept the Golden Globes, then I started hearing, oh, La La Land's not as good as everyone said it is. Oh, La La Land's this, La La Land that. The haters came out. And here we are now, but didn't win Best Picture, and the haters are loving that fact. Well, it did win Best Picture for about five seconds. About that. (laughs) Now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Let's cover a little bit about the award shows. For once... It wasn't four hours, but it sure was close to four hours. It wasn't four. I felt like five. You were that bored? I was, no, it wasn't bored, but it was it dragged out at points. It's been my issue with the Academy Awards for the last 10 years. They just have a terrible time of getting this show under three and a half hours. Now, what did you think about um, Kimmel? You think Kimmel did a good job? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think Kimmel should be back next year. Kimmel I is- loved the interaction with him and Matt Damon. That oh, was it's fantastic. The of the show it's me. fantastic. And I think if I have one complaint, I would say it's the tour bus. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm not saying that I didn't love Gary. I love Gary. But I think it went on a little bit too long. So let's bring these tourists in to look at these celebrities in the front row like they were zoo animals. That's basically what I saw on screen. Did you enjoy it? I didn't like that section. That not at all? weird and awkward. And when, when Kimmel forced Jennifer Aniston to give one of the tourists her glasses and the look on Jennifer's face, priceless. She can afford it. She could, but it's like, you just make me give my sunglasses to somebody? Like, come on. Now, if we start at the beginning of the night where we start with Best Supporting Actor, no complaints here. 
Mahershala Ali. Mahershala. We're not going to butcher that name like everyone's been butchering it all season long. Amazing performance. L- absolutely loved it. One of my favorite performances of the year. And then we get to our first upset. Oh, here we go. Now, I'm all for a comic book movie winning an Oscar. <laughs> oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> but when someone tells me that the makeup at Suicide Squad was better than the one in Star Trek Beyond... I sit there and say, I guess they like the damage tattoo on the Joker's head more than the great makeup in Star Trek. Did Did you guys see Killer Croc? He looked like a bedazzled reptile man. It is what it is. But once that happened, I knew that we might be in for a night of upsets. And then yeah. we get to sound editing and sound mixing. Arrival deserved that Oscar. It did. Loved Arrival. But then we get to sound mixing, and Hacksaw Ridge wins sound mixing, a category that was made for La La Land, a category that musicals on the regular win. And then we get that upset, and I knew there might be that chance that it doesn't win Best Picture. So as we go on with the night, we get to Best Documentary Feature, which- I mean, this was a landslide. You thought this was in- there a slam was no dunk. way OJ was not going to win that. You'd be surprised. All I've heard all season is that OJ is seven and a half hours. Who's going to sit there and watch that? OJ is seven and a half hours, and it was all entertainment. Oh, I totally agree. I said this back in July when I first saw this, that this film not only deserved to be nominated for an Academy Award, but it should win. It's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And to this day, I will tell anyone that listens – Watch O.J. Made in America. It is a fantastic documentary. It made people care about O.J. again. And it sparked, I mean, I don't know which one came first, the documentary or the show? I think the show started first. Well, I mean, And then the doc, the show started in, I believe, January or February. Okay. And then the documentary came out in Ju- July. I know it. I know it played at Tribeca. The Tribeca Film Festival back in April, but I'm not too sure on the release date. I but like the, I, I like the show. The the sh- they were both good, but the show didn't hit home like the documentary. Well, did. the documentary, I, it's a case that everyone knows. It's a case that everyone is has their opinion on. Did he do it? Did he not do it? But the documentary was made the point of not being one-sided. It showed... The greatness of O.J. Simpson as a player, mm-hmm. but it also vilified him at the end as to did he do it? The documentary makes you th- answer that question. It doesn't answer it for you. And I personally you know, think he, he did do it. I mean, the evidence is there. <laughs> but what do you think, Lou? Do you think he, he did it after watching it? He definitely did it. Like, who else could have done it? He definitely did it. He walked mm-hmm. in. He saw his wife with a younger man. And he snapped with how egotistical he is. He could not handle that. He 100% did it. Yeah, he definitely wasn't playing back up there. Oh, <laughs> no, he was not. So as we go on, we go to Best Supporting Actress, which no one's shocked there. Oh, come on. Fantastic performance. The snot-nosed villainous, which is uh, I guess, so, so magical. I guess you like Viola. Viola Davis, if she yeah. would not have won that award... It would have just been the worst night ever. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Then we get to animated feature where 
to no surprise, Utopia, which pretty much swept the entire wait, wait, season. Wait, what do you mean no surprise? I did not predict that because I predicted Kubo. I thought Kubo was a way more complete. Oh my God, no! So Utopia was seemed like the like, you know the, the most generic. Abs- like Pixar movie you could Absolutely make. not. It touches race, it touches stereotypes. It hit it really gets to the point of telling a real story about what's going on with society today. How the stereotype is there of racism is as strong as ever. And Zootopia covered that. I don't feel that it was a standard generic Disney animated film. As with Pixar as well, does their job of always telling a story with last year's winner Inside Out doing that exact same thing. And then we get to production design and La La Land finally wins an Oscar. And I'm like, oh, okay. I got. I guess the Academy didn't forget about La La Land. Which I mean, it did have great production, though. Oh, absolutely. The film looked fantastic. And visual effects, to the surprise of no one, Jungle Book takes that. Yeah. Yeah, I, would, I mean, that was amazing. Uh, I mean, I predicted Doctor Strange, but looking back at it, Oh, I mean, I mean, you had one kid with all these realistic-looking animals. I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah, absolutely. In retrospect, The Jungle Book is more of an animated film. Yeah, exactly. But still, definitely a well-deserved win. I mean, King Louis himself looked so realistic that it was ridiculous. And if we go to original score and original song, no surprise there. No surprise. No surprise there. You know, there if there was a movie that would take it, I felt that was going to be How Far I Go with Lim. Lin-Manuel Miranda in the room, mm-hmm. you'd think that, all right, yeah. we're going to make this guy the youngest EGOT of all time. But it didn't happen, and La La Land takes those two. And that's when I started to think, okay, maybe they will pull it off and finish the job. And then we get to the screenplays. Oh, here we go. I <laughs> love Manchester by the Sea. I think it's a beautifully written film. Kenneth Lonergan did a fantastic job reading writing that film. But you don't. No, I'm not that big on Manchester by the Sea. Uh, it's a movie about a guy whose brother dies. I think it's a little bit more than that. I know it's a little bit more than that, but I mean, you're going to compare it to La La Land? I mean, a musical never wins, if any I, time, I words a screenplay award, screenplay award. So, I mean, I see I see what you, what you prefer. I prefer La La Land as a film, of course. Like I said before, I love that film, but Manchester by the Sea is a beautifully written film, and definitely deserve that oscar followed by moonlight which i think that was a gimme on that one yeah i think fences gave it a little bit of run for his money but at the end everybody knew moonlight was gonna win that one yeah and then we get to the big awards best director any complaints i agreed with this no complaints about chazelle winning no director did not that movie was perfectly directed. and right here is when i said la la land's winning best picture i didn't think the academy was going to split Director and picture. Well, yeah, I mean, they usually don't, but we got surprises at the end. And best actor, Casey Affleck. I Mm. changed this pick the day I made the predictions. You predicted Casey? I predicted Denzel. I had Casey all season, and then we get to the day it was due, and I'm a sucker for facts, and I'm a sucker for statistics, and the statistic of 13 straight SAG winners of best actor winning the Oscar... I hadn't. I had to go with Denzel. I mean, I saw Manchester by the Sea and Fences back to back, and I didn't even see any comparison. Like Fences was probably Denzel's best performance since Malcolm X. It had to be. So you're not a fan of his vic- his win in uh, Training Day. 
I was a fan of his Win or Turn Day. But I'm just talking about overall in Denzel's catalog. That had to be one of his best performances. Now, Casey did a good job, but, I mean, if you look at Fences, that's Denzel's best work, and Casey Affleck beat him out at the end. I will disagree on that one. I absolutely was floored by Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. You have a scene where he finds out what he finds out, no spoilers on this podcast, Mm -hmm. and he's able to change his his tone from this happy-go-lucky father to a torn soul. It's tore me up and i absolutely loved his performance and we get to best actress and i have no shame in my game in admitting i love emma stone i think she's fantastic and i think she tore it up in la la land however watching jackie if natalie portman had not won that best actress for black swan i think we might have had a a closer battle for best actress jackie is extremely underrated and should have been given a lot more nominations and a lot more love than it did on Oscar night. Natalie Portman is absolutely sensational in her role. She becomes Jackie and I loved her in that role. Emma Stone is fantastic. That audition scene brings tears to my eyes. I love that movie. I love that scene. That is definitely to me her Oscar scene. Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. She gets nominated because she is Meryl Streep. Exactly. She could get nominated for Crossing the Street, and no one will complain about it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Now, see, with Emma Stone and La La Land, she did a fantastic job, but it's Emma, like she was Emma Stone. Jackie, that did not seem like Natalie Portman. She completely transformed herself. Yeah, she movie. morphed into Jackie, and I love it i can't wait to get it it's out on blu-ray this tuesday i'll definitely be picking that up and we get to oh the big best one. picture now i'm sitting there i'm tired i'm ready to go to sleep i i i'm done i don't want to deal with this anymore i need sleep and warren Beatty comes out and faye dunaway comes out and i'm like okay cool he's the envelope we, three times and then I think they're teasing everybody because sometimes they do that. The old actors come in and they're about to announce best picture and they, you know, tease each other with the winner. And then La La Land gets announced best picture. And I'm very happy. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I only won seven, but, you know, I'm happy that I got best picture. Then it happened. 35 seconds later, after two producers, was it producers? That that, uh, gave their speeches, we get this random stagehand just walking and running all over the stage looking at envelopes and i'm like huh this is weird i wasn't even paying attention i was tweeting at the time that it won and then i heard wait wait oh yeah as soon as some one i guess one of the producers from la la land came on came out and said well we did we lost i'm like huh i looked up i was like wait what what did he say and then we find out best picture went to moonlight and well i say it's an upset? Yeah, I do. Is it the biggest upset in Oscar history? No. I would say no because Moonlight is actually a film that if it wasn't for La La Land, I am happy that it was Moonlight. Unlike the whole crash fiasco from 05, I mm. don't see how Brokeback lost that one. But is Moonlight going in the same direction as The Salesman did in winning Best Foreign Language Film where we have a country right now that is divided and is moonlight a 
screw you to the president and how he feels about immigrants and minorities in the country. I didn't see it as a F you to the president. I saw it more as a reaction to last year's Oscar So Black. Oscar So White. Oscar Oscar So White. White. I'm sorry. See, this year was Oscar So Black. I mean, I think the fact that two minority actors won their awards and a minority won adapted screenplay, Mm -hmm. I think minorities were well represented. I was very. I was very upset when La La Land lost. It's one of my favorite films in such a long time. And I think in the long run, yeah, Moonlight won Best Picture. But I think La La Land will have that effect that in 30, 40 years, we will remember the creativity of La La Land. We will remember how original it was. And to some that hate it, you will find reasons to hate it no matter what. But to me, I will always have a reason to defend it. I absolutely adore La La Land. And... I feel it deserves best best picture. Hell, I'm not a fan of ties, but if that envelope said a tie with between Moonlight and La La Land, I really wouldn't be upset. 100%. I, in 30 years, I think both movies will have an effect on society. It's, to, I agree. Well, we have that first LGBT best picture winner. Yeah, and it's a, you know, it's a concept not really uh, dug into. It's a, it's a hardcore gangster who's a homosexual, like. You don't see that anywhere else. So the story itself is unique enough. But like I said, the story was more complete in La La Land. Oh, and I to me, a better finale because that finale of La La Land it might be one of the best finales in the Just history of films. It kills me every time I watch it. It's to the point that I've seen La La Land four times already and it doesn't stop me from tearing every single time. I watched it with my wife and daughter the second time I watched it, and they loved it. Like, my daughter just wanted to get up and just dance in every scene and just started crying at the end. It was and The that, whole movie was emotional. Was and, that's, and that's the thing that La La Land does. It pulls, out your, it pulls out your strings. And the music. I listen to that soundtrack as much as I can. I listen to it in the shower, at work. It doesn't matter. La La Land's on rotation. It does not stop. The music... Of La La Land made a lot of people forget about Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton. Yeah. We got that film coming soon. Hopefully. Uh, I think once that film hits, as someone that has seen Hamilton and loves hip-hop, I think if done right, that film could absolutely kill at the Oscars. That's my question, because a lot of people are really liking Hamilton to play. I haven't seen it, but since you've seen it, do you really... like? Do you think the movie will do it justice? Oh, I mean, when you get a scene in the play or musical where Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson have a rap battle instead of a debate in a Congress meeting, <laughs> can you imagine that on film if done right? I could imagine that. That's the thing. I could imagine that on stage. Like, here's my epic. thing. My thing is make sure you get Lin-Manuel Miranda behind oh, that. Because if he's not in it, I, I'm not interested. My fear of it is it's going to go from a great stage performance to uh, elongated epic rap battles of history. Eh, I mean, it's very important. It's a very important musical. Oh, it definitely is. It re- to me, it rejuvenated Broadway the way La La Land rejuvenated the movie musical. And I think in time when we get that film, 
we might feel the same way about Hamilton. Now, here's the thing. It might go in the direction of Rent, where yeah. I do like Rent. It got me into musicals, but at the same time, that movie is not that that's good. My, that's, that's exactly my feel with it. I mean, we'll see what that Hamilton is expected to be out what in about three years, three four years. I know, I know the next musical that's on deck. I think it's 2018 with Wicked. That might be good. I mean, I love Wicked. I've seen the show twice already. I highly recommend for anyone in the New York area if they haven't seen Wicked, definitely check that out. But we will see. See, Wicked sounds like Wicked. I could see a movie because it has a its own story within a story that everybody knows. That I could definitely be oh, absolutely the two into a movie, but the we'll, difference. We'll see what Hamilton. Is. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I mean, I, I for one am very excited for Hamilton being put on the big screen. As the effort that I put in to get that show, to get to be able to go see that show, I can't wait to go see it on the big screen. A lot of money. And as we put in, uh, to put a bow on the Oscar talk, I definitely enjoyed this year's show, and early, 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 early. Oscar talk for next year is this week's release of Logan. Logan and Get Out, I think both are looking. I personally love Get Out, but in terms of if we're talking very early on in Best Actor, no, I don't think Best Actor. No, no, I'm talking about Logan. Oh, Logan. Yeah, I was Ooh. floored by Hugh Jackman. You, you haven't seen Logan are yet, you right? Saying a superhero movie is going to win Best Actor. Well. I mean, the last time it's been done was Heath Ledger, and Heath Ledger to me is one of the greatest performances of all time. And it's not because I'm a Batman fan; it's just because of Ledger's how he escaped in that role. Everything about that performance I have like dissected, and I absolutely adore. I think that Hugh Jackman was unbelievable. He he said goodbye to that role of Wolverine, Logan, and in such a heartbreaking fashion i his best performance to me to this date and i know you haven't seen logan yourself nope. but once we we get to the point that you see it, you saw that you see the film we might be able to go back and discuss that should watch it by next episode awesome awesome and then get out i mean i love get out it's a breath of fresh air to the horror genre did you see get out i have not seen get out yet but i've seen the reviews and it's breathtaking Oh, the review of Get Out is on realtalking.com. Check that out. Yes. So as we put that bow on the Oscar talk, that means Oscar season is over. And as early as ever, the summer season has begun. Here we go with and my type of movies. All good, I hope, right? All good. This week's top 10 concentrated on the upcoming summer season. And my personal top 10 most anticipated summer films of 2017. And if we look at the list, we start with number one, which is an, another unapologetic uh, comment of, by me is that I love Christopher Nolan. I think Christopher Nolan is one of the best directors in Hollywood right now. I am a straight-up fanboy of Christopher Nolan. And Dunkirk, which releases in July, is his next film. And that's my number one most anticipated film of the summer. It looks like it's going to be a very good film. I mean, a Christopher Nolan war film. I mean, what more can you ask for? I mean, after Interstellar, I like Interstellar. But after watching it a few times, I don't love it the way I love everything else he's done. I didn't like Interstellar. 
I thought the I I get it. It was scientifically accurate as to what was going on. Oh yeah, he that. did his research and all that the stuff. A whole bunch of research, but I didn't get it. Do you I, still not get it? I I get what they were going for, but I don't think it was good for a movie. I mean, Nolan is known for that stuff. He has what? Oh, he has Inception. He has Memento. Yeah, I got Inception. I just I, Interstellar was a little bit too. Did he the, dug too much for that movie. Did the top drop? The, the top definitely dropped. You sure? I'm sure. Oh, that's what I love about Nolan films is that he leaves it open for discussion. To this day, I f- I hear that the Dark Knight Rises that finale with Alfred at the table mm-hmm. was a dream sequence because it's Christopher Nolan and he does stuff like that. I mean, it had to be. I don't. I believe it's just it ends the way that it is. It's straightforward. He escapes. He lives and he. he ends up with Catwoman. Yeah, he does in the comics. They have a kid. I think I think it was a dream sequence, in my personal opinion. There you go. That's why Nolan films are such great go. works because everyone has a different dropped. opinion. Can I don't know. Wiggle and not drop. It's called Gravity Kids. Like the movie Gravity. Like the movie Gravity. Great movie, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Better than Seller. Mm, I like that one. That's another discussion for another time. <laughs> and then we get to number two, which I can't wait. Let, let's get this straight, kids. I love the DC family. I love DC. I love Batman. I think the Dark Knight trilogy is one of the best trilogies ever made. But the MCU the MCU is on another level right now, and they cannot do wrong. And Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, until last year, was my favorite. Breath of fresh air. Oh, my God. It's so different to me as opposed to the formulaic we have a terrible villain and iron man or captain america are going to beat them up exactly. and guardians of the galaxy was different and we have characters that we can love more than nobody knew characters that nobody knew and we grew to love them and then that's the the magic of marvel they exactly. can and the best part is that vin diesel gave his best performance of all time <laughs> Three how much, words. How much did they get paid for that? More than we do. I know that for sure. I wish I could get paid for three words. One day we will. One day. <laughs> so as we move on with this list, I'm waiting for you to tell me which one you disagree with. So right now we're we're good with two for two. Are we two for two? We're two for two right now. All right. So next up is War for the Planet of the Apes. I know the first time I saw, what was it? Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I was like. Uh, another Planet of the Apes movie? Are we going to go down the direction of Tim Burton? Actually, no. The first one is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Of the the second Apes. one is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. But I thought, are we going to go in the same Tim Burton direction of uh, the Mark Wahlberg one? The, thankfully, we did not. Absolutely not. I love going into a theater and being surprised. I actually didn't like Planet of the Apes. Uh, the original movies. Oh, uh, the, Char- the Charlton Heston one? They were good, but it was like nothing I'm going to run home about. Oh, my God. But it's so classic. That finale. It's classic. It's a classic Liberty? finale. Oh, yeah. my God. I love classic it. Finale. I just I couldn't get over the mask, personally. Well, it's the 60s. Yeah, it's I mean, the 60s. What for 60s, do? that's pretty original. Yeah. But when I saw Rise, I was like, oh, this this is new. Absolutely. This is, this is nice. And it's, it goes into the into the argument that will CGI performances ever be awarded because Andy Serkis is unbelievable as Caesar. Caesar? He is phenomenal and I'm just sitting there and I'm like 
wow, like this, he brings season to life. It could happen. I, I mean, mean, we'll award, see what happens. But. Award shows got to get with the times. You know, nowadays they're awarding even uh, streaming music, so we could get to a point where. I mean, we're getting Netflix won awards this year, I believe. So I mean, Netflix and, I mean, Amazon, Amazon. Amazon Studios is now see, doing big see. things, so let's see what happens with that. But War for the Planet of the Apes. My only gripe is I'm not big Woody Harrelson fan, and the fact that he's the the heel, the villain of the of the film, it seems. Eh, we'll see what happens. We'll hold our judgment until we see the movie. Absolutely. Next up, we have Alien Covenant. Which, Love Alien. Uh, our our um producer had never seen Aliens until last year. Welcome to the club. And at first, some blasphemous comments that she didn't like the original Alien. She said, "What is this? This is boring." Oh, the original Alien. This is too works. slow paced. But so then we creepy. then I take her to a screening of aliens and sigourney weaver was there which added to the awesomeness of it and the best feeling is taking someone to a movie that had never seen it oh yeah and being blown away by it and she was going crazy throughout (laughs) the movie well what did you want to say something it was amazing and that's what I like to hear when I try to show someone a movie for the first time That's and she loved reaction. it. Now, I'm not a big fan of Prometheus. I it's wasn't mad at it. Meh. I wasn't mad at Prometheus. I, I see what they were going for. Yeah. You know it, I mean, it, is it just me or did it have a lot of religious? Oh, 100%. Yeah, religious right? It wasn't just me. Yeah, it definitely had religious undertones, but I, I feel like it fit in well with the alien universe. Kind of gives you a little backstory. I mean, yeah, it's a I guess a decent prequel, but yeah. Covenant looks oh, yeah. unreal. Like Covenant, I cannot Covenant looks like it's wait. It back to the original. Which Absolutely, I love. it's like really Scott was like, let's let's give the fans what they want to exactly. see. Exactly, we want we want to see this aliens kick ass and do so many. And they're doing a lot with Alien now. Even that that last Alien video game that came out was pretty good. I started playing that. I can't tell you I got too far. Oh, I got I was, lost. They captured like the elements. minutes in. They captured the elements of Alien. It was creepy, but I'm excited for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I know this. that's Memorial Day weekend, right? That's a great Memorial Day weekend movie. And then next up, we get oh. a, a nice little discussion. Here goes that we disagreement. Were, we, he, here's where I think we are on the path to another straight out of Compton. And you think it's straight trash. I think we're on a path to another get rich or die trying. You secretly love that. I don't For someone that loves bad movies, you can't sit here and tell no, me that, that you weren't a... digging 50, doing a staying on film. Okay. And... Get Rich or Die Trying was not a bad movie, but yes, it, it was. wasn't yes, it was. a great hip hop movie. Notorious and Straight Outta Compton were Let me great tell you something. I know Notorious get, Notorious gets such a bad Notorious bad rap. I, I, I wouldn't say amazing, but I love Biggie. Biggie's my favorite MC of all time. And I'm watching that and i'm like all right this guy doesn't look like biggie but let's just you know kind of look like biggie what i noticed i don't know if you saw that in the trailer that the guy that played biggie is biggie oh, in this here movie here's my gripe with this whole hip-hop cu uh universe that they're making up now why is this the fourth tupac we're getting what like, do you mean we have the same biggie 
And was, I think we got the same Suge Knight from Shredder. You Compton. wanted Papa Doc as, as Tupac? We got Papa Doc. We got the guy from uh, Shredder Compton. There was a Tupac in that movie. We're getting this Tupac. But you got to admit, no one's looked better than him. No, no, he definitely looks a lot like like Tupac. Like He's the one that looks the most like him. But I feel like they got to like start treating this like the MCU. Like Try to keep the actors within themselves. You know what the problem is? I think no one should try to be the MCU. And I think that's where franchises and universes are failing. And that's why the DCU is DCEU is failing is because you're not Marvel. What Marvel did over these last 10 years is something that one, you have to be patient because it took what about five years, five, six years to even no, Yeah. About five, six years to even get to Avengers. I'm not trying. I'm not saying make a hip hop Avengers. I'm just saying. No, it, but I'm saying. But I, what I'm saying is that I don't. I think people need to start continue to be original and not just try to make universes because it, it's not going to work. My like, are we going to get Easy E? Well, Easy E would. Well, Easy E and argue, Pac in this movie. That's exactly we, my argument. If we have an, I mean, there's ties to NWA with Tupac. Everybody knows that. If we get an NWA in this movie. Why can't it be the same four actors? They're not going to be in a movie for more than 10 minutes. They should use the same actors. Keep some continuity. I mean, the trailer looks good. I think we might be onto something. I mean, I personally am more of a Biggie fan in terms of music. But at the same time, I don't like when people compare Biggie and Pac because it's like comparing peanut butter and apples. It's two different styles. It is. Pac is a poet. And... Biggie is as Biggie's as raw as it gets. Exactly. Like my I, biggest gripe about this movie is I don't know what the the holdup is with it. Like they've delayed this movie many times. It was supposed to come I'm, out I'm last getting, September, I'm right? I'm worried about that. Well, yeah, anytime a movie takes so long to come out with with holdups there and are stuff like that. Too many people with too many recollections of Pac with their own interpretation of stories. That I feel like just too many hands in one pot in this. Did you see that documentary? I think it was on Amazon or Hulu, one of the two. It was like an original. I believe it was Amazon about the whole Biggie and Pac murder and stuff like that. I've seen a plenty of documentaries. Of this one is really good. It actually, I I believe it came out last March, and it puts into effect the idea that Puffy was behind all of it. Puffy and Suge Knight definitely had something. I mean, we can't confirm, but there's something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but... That's definitely another topic for another time. Uh, yes, that's a whole episode on itself. And we get to number six. And I hate Spider-Man. I genuinely do not like Spider-Man. I liked Spider-Man 2, but then we got Emo Spider-Man 3. Oh, my God. Emo Spider-Man. I want to kill myself in that movie. And I'm not a fan too much of the Andrew Garfield. I liked Emma Stone. Before we get to Andrew Garfield's... All right, Spider-Man 3. If you're going to do... A villain that everybody loves, like Venom. Why would you cast the guy from that '70s show, which I've never seen? Like, come on! That was like when I saw that, I was like, "This movie is gonna be ass." Yeah, and then, well, you weren't wrong on that. But Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh my God, oh. he Spider-Man Tom Holland was my favorite part of Civil War, especially with those Star Wars reference that add at effort reference yes. with uh in Civil War. Oh, it was great. I and it looks fun. And that's the one thing that Marvel no- does better than anybody. It makes their comic book films fun. What I like about this Spider-Man is the first Spider-Man who sounds like he's from Queens. 
Spider-Man. And he sounds like he's 14. Well, he's, he's Spider-Man's from Queens, and no other Spider-Man is sounding like they're from Queens. They don't even sound like they're from New York. This is the first Spider-Man that sounds like he's from Queens, and I can't wait. Yeah, same here. And we get to oh, the DCEU representation. This is going to be the best DCU movie. Now, the reason that I put this in here is because if they can't get this right, just stop. They this, need to stop because I will go and say Batman v Superman is probably my most disappointing film of 2016. And it's not because of performance performances. It's about the rush and need to rush that Snyder and Warner's had with getting every single character in that movie. Yeah, way too many characters. And it's edited poorly. Once you see the extended edition that released when it came out on Blu-ray, I'm like, okay, that's what We're talking that about film, the, the rated R one, right? Yeah, which doesn't... There's nothing rated R about it. It's a PG-13 movie. Blood, yeah, barely anything. And I don't know about you, but if I'm beefing with you and me and you are fighting... Mm, I know where you're going. <laughs> and, you're, and my mom's name's Martha, <laughs> and your mom's name Martha... I'm still messing you up, man. What did, no. Why did you say that name? Nah, man. That's that, that's not the way life is. Superheroes are aren't real, and that's yeah, we all oh, know that. But no, if I'm beefing with you and your name is Martha, your mom's name is Martha, and mine is too, dude. I'm sorry, but I'm still messing you up, and I'm sure you do the same to me. Well, we haven't even said the name of the movie we're talking about for number six. For number six, but as as number seven actually. Number seven. That and it's Wonder Woman. Yes. I mean, Gal Gadot killed it in like the 15 minutes she was in Batman v Superman and the trade the first trailer mm-hmm. was fantastic it gave me the vibes of the first Captain America yeah I was thinking the same thing and a lot of people don't like that movie I don't, I don't know, know why I love the first Captain America I'm a big Cap fan so I do love it I love that they're going to the or- and who would have thought that I'm telling an origin story in the DCEU yeah. so I mean it goes back to the picture though they're gonna try to explain that picture that Bruce Wayne found in Batman vs Superman Oh. That was kind of their gateway to... And another thing about Batman v Superman. Why is Lex Luthor taking time to create logos for all these superheroes? Hey, man. We live in an artistic world, man. I'm an artist And I'm myself. sitting there watching it, and I'm like, did this dude... Why is there an Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg logo? I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, He got bored. Oh. He, got, he got too bored looking at that uh, picture in his house. Just started sketching. But I definitely put Wonder Woman up there because I am anticipating it and praying that they're able to fix the DCEU. And we get to number eight. This is probably my number one. And I remember you doing a feature about this a few months back. Check that out on realtalking.com as well. It's a feature on number eight, the Power Rangers. I I don't think any 30 or 29, 20-something, 30-year-old now doesn't remember the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And I don't think any anyone was not a fan of uh, Kimberly and Tommy. Was that was that your favorite? That was definitely my favorite. But I I wasn't a fan of the first trailer when it debuted at Comic Con. I thought it was decent. That sparked my article. So the first trailer hit, and I watched it, and I was at a loss. I was like, "Where is everything? Where is everything?" And then images started coming out of Alpha and everything. So I wrote an article. About the art direction, I'm like, this this isn't Power Rangers. This is Aliens. This is Transformers. This is nothing like this looks like Power Rangers. Then the second trailer hit. Once you saw thoughts? those Zords. Once you saw those Zords. Once you Zords. saw everything. What do you think about Zordon? It's cool. 
I like it's, it. it. It's Walter White. I mean, I like you it. can't go wrong with Walter like White. It's like one of those toys that you put in your face. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I love the second trailer. I thought it would. It looks fun, and yeah. and I I don't I don't feel that anyone that loves the show the way I'm sure we both do fe- should feel that it has to be the same way as the show. Because let's be honest, the show is corny. It's, oh no, I'm excited. The it's ring. fun. I love the but I love the way the Zords look. I love the way the Putty Patrol looks. I love the way the suits look. I actually am a fan of the suits. Yeah. I don't need the 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 chip to have their logo on it. Nah, yeah. I like that they found it. And is it weird that they have superpowers in this round? It's a little weird, but I could I could live by it. Listen, that's not, that's not a big gripe. the fact that it's not a, a shot for shot remake. No, cool. Not. Let let this be something original for fans now i like the elements that they put in to make it its own entity and from the second trailer i mean let's keep it real it's gonna be thor it's gonna be a small not that many locations quick movie but I, it's gonna be fun i disagree i think power rangers is gonna make a lot of money no no no. i'm not talking about money it's gonna make a lot of money i'm yeah. just talking about it's gonna take place in a small town it's not gonna go anywhere just from the trailer it's gonna be just like thor number one where they just find in that small town but I have very big potential for the first, the second and third movie that's coming out with that. If it makes money, if the first one doesn't make money, we're not getting us, we're not getting a second and third one. Guarantee it's gonna make money. And number nine is Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Everyone's favorite interracial couple. After, (laughs) after last year's Jungle Book, I have very high hopes. And early reviews coming in say that the Beauty and the Beast is pretty much a shot for shot remake of the animated film now if you're looking for something new i don't know what movie you're waiting for because to me beauty and the beast is one of the greatest animated films of all time it's a it's a masterpiece it's a classic the music is some of the best music ever written for a disney movie and the fact that we're getting something that's close to the to the animated film i'm down i'm bust i'm i bought my ticket a few weeks ago and i'm can't wait to see it i i Excited for this movie. I remember when it came out with Cinderella about a year or two ago. That was basically a shot-for-shot remake also, but that movie was fantastic visually, and this movie seems like it's going in the same direction. And number 10. Oh. Now, here's my thing. No. Number 10 is on this list because, hey, I'm anticipating, I guess, tearing it apart. Oh, my God. Do you are you a fan of the Fast and the Furious? Fast and Furious, I have liked every movie you have come out with. I am a big Toretto fan. Danny Toretto is the manliest man ever on cinema. Do you mean Dom? Dom. Dominic Toretto. He lives by the fact that he He races a quarter mile at a time. He races a quarter mile at a time. He lives a quarter mile at a time. And he's all about family. So in this movie, this dude said, nah, yo, I'm going to go with this random blonde lady and I'm going to turn and I'm turning heel and I'm going to tell the girl I've loved all my life. What what did what did he say? Or no, what did she say in the trailer? What about family? Oh yeah, What about family? Just makes out with the blonde lady. This is what's going to happen in this movie. At the end of the movie, after seeing tanks, submarines. Flying cars. It was a submarine fighting a Lamborghini, bro. It was a there, submarine fighting a Lamborghini. We're going to get Vin Diesel go back, join the light again. He's going to leave the dark side, and it's going to be all a, uh, what is it? A scheme? 
Dude, these movies are getting too ridiculous, man. I, I, I Cut it. it but it's Jesus, over. You just need man. to end it. That's it. This is it. the biggest heel it's... turn in Hollywood history. No, I wouldn't. Who's a bigger heel turn than Vin Diesel turning on his family? I don't know. That's a good question. Exactly. That, that might that might lead to a top 10 next week. It might. Now, is it going to be good? We'll see. Oh, I, it's going to be fun. I'm not expecting much out of it. It's going to be a fun movie, but I, I don't know. It's The Rock. The Rock's in it. I'm watching. You think Vin Diesel's going to die? Uh, I, not, not in real life, I hope. No, but not in real life. But you think his character's gonna die? Nah, then... the money's there, man. That's his puppy. That's his franchise. All right, one more. And what... we'll go to the next movie. If you're gonna turn Dom heel, you have to realize his relationships. And by the way, not to cut you off, heel is a term when turning to the oh, dark yes. side. Sorry, well, for the non wrestling fans out there, um, he grew this relationship throughout all these movies with Paul Walker. Unfortunately, we know Paul Walker died during the filming of Fast 7, and his character got a nice send-off. Not Fast 7, Furious 7. Furious 7. So, a character he built a brotherhood with, his character now turns heel. Are we expected to believe that Paul Walker's character is not going to do anything? It was a weird decision when we can't use that character anymore. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you on that, definitely. But... Let's finish up for this week's first podcast and talk about the box office since the box office numbers just came in a few minutes ago. Okay. Number one, as expected, is Logan. But what you didn't expect is $85 million. Wow. $85 million, 300 k That's impressive, especially for a rated R film. Impressive. I think it beat out Deadpool's number from last year. It just goes to show that. People love comic book movies. It's not even that. I think they do love them, but the fact that they were given the freedom to do a rated R, movie. a rated R film. Some I characters mean, are meant to be rated R. Now, I'm not just. I'm not saying now. Let's bring and make every single comic book movie rated no, R. No, because no. no, absolutely not. I think these rated R comic book films should be very rare. And when it's brought in, I think it depends on the story also. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that if we get, let's say, if it was up to me, they should finally, in the era that we're in with these rated R comic book films, in about three or four years, let's make The Dark Knight Returns. Yes. It is, to me, the greatest Batman story ever made. And you put that story on film, and you make it rated R. And, speaking for myself, there's only one man that should play Batman. Hit me with it. Michael Keaton should come back as Batman. We're talking about a Batman who's 60 years old. Uh, Michael okay. Keaton is around that age now. Okay. Everyone loves Michael Keaton as Batman. He's my favorite Batman. I don't know about you, but he's my favorite Batman. I don't know if I have a favorite Batman. I just kind of like Batman. Oh, that's... that's I got to think about who's my favorite Batman. But if you put him, and to me, you get Den- Denise Villeneuve. If that's, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it or butchering his name. Directing that movie, oh my God, man, could be good. It could be good, but that we will see what happens with that. And like you said, not every movie. Like I, I'm a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I wanted to end in a great way, and Infinity Wars should not be rated R. No, that's like one example. Not every movie should be rated R. It's it's the Mar- MCU's been doing perfectly fine with yeah. all their movies PG-13. But good job on Logan. I'm happy that a comic book film is. Doing what it's doing, especially being rated R. Yes, excited to see that this week. And another highlight of the seeing the box office is seeing that Get Out is doing well. 
it continued to rack in the money because it made another twenty six million. Congratulations to Jordan Peele on that. Oh, I know you've been. I know for a fact. Uh, me and Lewis have been friends for about eleven years now, and for about four or five, he's been telling me of how great Key and Peele is. Key and Peele was amazing. Classic sketches. You guys really got to check that show out. And the fact that it didn't have a large drop off from last week says how much the film is resonating with the audience and the great reviews. Now, a little bit about that review. Did you notice that it's not 100% anymore on Rotten Tomatoes? I have noticed. And from what I read in an article, the person who gave the film that Rotten review is known for being that sole Rotten reviewer. Oh, on, it was one person? Yeah. It's only oh. one bad review from the last time I checked. And that same person, I think, was the one that took down Toy Story 3's 100% review. I mean, it's not good. It's not good to build that reputation upon yourself, but not every movie is going to be perfect. Yeah, everybody. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, and bro, then we, you got to really check yourself. Toy Story 3 and Get Out? Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's a little bit, you know, it's not a coincidence. And then we round out the top five with The Shack which I personally didn't see, but it made ins- it ma- a lot of people sure did because it made $16 million this weekend. Okay. And then Lego Batman movie, Staying Strong, another $11 million. And a disappointing $4,948,004 Before I Fall, which I don't know about you, but I thought being one of being a... What do they call it? I think my pro- I think our our producer knows what what novel it's based off of. Before I fall. Yeah. That's the name of the novel. Oh, okay. oh. You'd think that it would bring the teen audience to the theaters, but unfortunately, oh, it's one of those teen books. Yeah, th- okay. that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's a young adult novel. So young we thought novel. it would bring more money. Unfortunately. Check it out if you want. Shout out to Lauren. So we thought it would bring more money. Unfortunately for them, it did not. And John Wick just falling to number six at four million seven seven hundred thousand. John Wick, if you haven't seen it, please do yourself a favor and do see it because it is, to me, superior to the first one and damn entertaining. The first one was hard to beat. First oh, one the first one. The first one I saw it. And I'm like, oh, Keanu Reeves in another action movie, huh? Resurrected his career. No, absolutely, and he killed it in this one as well. Who would have thought that Keanu Reeves would have gave us a classic two action? We, we got uh, two. We got the Matrix. The Matrix, yeah, but I'm talking about today's Keanu Reeves would have delivered a classic. Yeah, absolutely. Action film. And then with that, this brings us to the end of our podcast for today. We want to thank everyone that t- that tuned in, and then next week. We will we will have a debut feature that will only be available on the podcast called Unreal, where we definitely will cover some of the most ridiculous, if not the most ridiculous entertainment news of the week, whether it's a film announcement or any type of entertainment news. It will definitely be under that topic. Hollywood always gives us some crazy news. So no, they'd never fail with never that. fail. And then coming, also coming this week, we have reviews of Table 19. And also releasing this week in theaters is Kong Skull Island, which I had the opportunity to see this weekend, uh, this past week, and loved it. I thought it was good. It's on par with 
Godzilla in terms of they pay no attention to the humans in the movie <laughs> and take all the time to build up their monsters. But I must say the monsters, King Kong and every other creature in the film look amazing. The fight scenes are unbelievable. I think you anyone that watches it, they're going to love it. For if for anything, the fight scenes between Kong and all the creatures and my review of that film is already on the website at realtalking.com so you guys can check it out. That's what everybody sees those movies for is the fighting. Like, yeah, I don't really want to know what happens to Samuel Jackson in the movie. I want to no, see. but I think they could take a little time to build up the characters. Hopefully, they'll learn their lesson. But I can say it's a step up from Godzilla. I, I like Godzilla, but I think Garrett Edwards takes a took a little too time, a little too much time in building I, up to show Godzilla. Godzilla was a nice refresher of the series. Uh, I, I thought it was okay. I want to thank everyone for listening today. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our podcast and tell all your friends about it. And be sure to visit our site at realtalking.com and follow us on our social media. Where can they follow you, Lou? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Louis the Designer, L-U-I-S the Designer. And I'm pretty simple, Gun- Gonzo underscore Mania on Instagram. I have no Twitter, but you can definitely follow our Real Talk Inc. Twitter. And you can follow us on Instagram as well, Real Talking underscore. So for David Gonzalez and for Luis Hernandez, thank you for listening to Real Chronicles. See you all next week. Bye.